All right, so we're going to be adding a new feature to our uh, podcast, which is a news section. We're going to fly through some of the headlines in the industry and let you guys know what's up and keep you on top of the ball uh, so you don't necessarily have to look up all these articles yourself. So first of all, we are looking at the DTG printing market. Future Market Insights is now saying that it's going to surpass $1.8 billion by itself by 2032. The purchasing habits of consumers is the primary reason for growth, and the move to on-demand e-commerce has truly skyrocketed this industry. Gavin, what do you have? So, SNS Activewear is getting sued. So, there are eight former employees that has taken SNS Activewear to court, and they are claiming that SNS Activewear created a hostile environment by allowing rap music to be played in their warehouse. These rap music had sexually graphic content, and these employees are taking uh, SNS to court. Now, this was taken to a court before it got dismissed, but a new court has picked it up. Depending what happens here, this may affect the whole industry and how other suppliers uh, react and create their workplace environment. Wow, that's crazy. Um, in other news, Sanmar just continues becoming one of the biggest distribution networks in the United States. Um, they are now opening a 1.1 million square foot facility in Ashland, um, Virginia. And so this new facility is going to be about 16 miles north of Richmond. It's going to allow them to continue their process of creating a two-day ship to absolutely anyone in the nation. And it's exciting to see the industry be so confident in expanding. So the digital textile printing market is anticipated to reach $8 billion by the end of 2029. All right. So this market is exploding right now. This is according to FMI, Futures Market Insight. Here's what they said. Now, digital textile printing market, the size of the market is $2.7 billion as of 2022. Uh, the revenue forecast in 2029 is expected to be $8 billion. That's a growth of 16.3. All right. So what this is, is just the whole digital textile printing market and DTF and DTGs come into this. This is prime for growth wow yeah that's fantastic it's exciting to see the industry have such a big bright future um in some upsetting news an arizona screen printer has lost eighteen thousand dollars worth of equipment in a burglary Um, a community is rallying behind cream design and print after the tucson arizona based business was hit by burglars Uh, They stole $18,000 worth of equipment, inventory, and computers. We're going to link their GoFundMe. um, So if you feel like you can help them out, please feel free to do so. And that's the news. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name is Cole, and this is Gavin. Gavin, say hello to the people. Hey, what's up, people? It is Gavin here, founder of SEPS 
Rock.io. So this week, we're very excited to have Ross is in charge of Rock. And Ross, if you could just give us a quick overview of what you do there, I'm sure everyone would love to hear about it. A quick overview. That's that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, I'm, I'm Ross Hunter, president of Rock US. I run a company. Um, just like all of you listening to this podcast do, you know, so what I do is, I guess, a very complicated answer. Uh, I try to be a good leader. I direct our team. I come up with vision for the business and where we want to go in the future. I deal with big problems, which is always the fun part of being a leader of a company and, uh, you know, focus a lot on our culture and make sure that we've got, you know, great people having a lot of fun helping partner with other folks in print. That's the skinny of it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like just kind of knowing you for seven, eight years at this point, your kind of rise throughout the industry has been really interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Could you give us an overview of, you know, the shop that you had on your own years and years ago, and then that transition into being able to be the president of Rock? Yeah, I'll even, I'll, I'll do you one solid. I'll go a step further. So I actually got into this industry when I was about 17. So this was before college. I was running a high-end fashion, like retail stores, a streetwear store. We sold like I don't know, Visu, Von Dutch, I mean, all that stuff back in the day, you know, the $200, $300 pairs of jeans, fancy t-shirts. This is when Triple Five Soul came out, Milk Crate Aesthetics, and all that really cool streetwear. I think screen printing kind of took like a change, right, and turned into this high fashion sort of space um, from a streetwear standpoint. And we had a little manual press in the, in the back of this retail store, and we made our own clothes for the store. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. Like we spent, you know, four bucks on, on a blank and some time making this t-shirt. We're reselling it for $40, $50 out on the retail side of the store. From there, went to college, got a degree in fine art, emphasis on printmaking. So I did this in school, um, tons of serigraphy, intaglio, lithography. And I had owned my first real business when I was 16 at a little graphic design company and, and made like 10 grand. I mean, which was pretty cool when you were 16, pretty I guess. 16. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a Facebook story, but I mean, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool for me at 16. And so once I got done with school, you know, I wanted to figure out how do I take this passion for art you know, and this love of business and put the two together and ended up going into business with a college professor of mine um, who was an investor, you know, in a bunch of properties out in California and saw what I was doing in art and kind of had this idea of making t-shirts. And so Reviation Industries was formed then, uh, ran that for 11 years, uh, you know, 13, 14 employees, you know, did kind of what everyone's out there grinding to do in our industry. Ended up having my son, and uh, once he was about two, I kind of realized I was a little checked out. I was I was playing golf a lot. I wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't thrilled in what I was doing at that point in life, and I needed a bit of a change. I needed to get out of Southern California. Hired a business coach, kind of worked through what my next phase of life was going to be, and and came to to realize that you know part of that was was selling and getting out of that business. So basically, got out. I took a three month sabbatical and sort of just focused on me and my family and and trying to understand you know what those next steps were and. Got a phone call from the YouTube uh, celebrity, uh, Mr. Ryan Moore, yeah. um, who I, I was actually one of his largest customers. Mm. So, you know, in the time that I own Reviation, we, we, 
you know, bought a ton from him and we ended up becoming pretty close. And he said, Hey, you know, I've, I've got some opportunities, you know, do you want to explore them? And through that exploration, Rock US was kind of born and we, you know, turned it into what it is today. So it's, it's been a really fun journey all in this industry. I think people say, you know, once you're in it, you kind of never leave. I I definitely believe in that. I I feel that way. I've been on on the printing side. We developed uh, an artwork program back in the day. I've taught, I've consulted, you know, and now I'm, I'm running a business. So, you know, getting tools and equipment out to folks. So it's been a, it's been a fun ride. So rock us, um, explain a little bit about what it's morphed into and what services you provide, you know, because obviously you are not like rock international and you're instead the domestic side of it. What is it specifically that your team is handling besides, you know, maybe just having the item delivered to someone's door? So basically before rock us rock was distributed, right? So when it hit shores, what it's been about 10 years now, 10 years ago, it was solely distributed uh, through Ryanet. And, you know, there's a bigger vision for the company that Rock International had. And, you know, through some business development and, and time with the product, uh, when I first came out here to start working on it, we realized that it, it really made sense to be a part of the OEM. That's when Rock US was formed. So it really is a venture with Rock International. And we are the United States and Canadian leg of their company. So we are part of the OEM. Um, we're just the distribution part here in North America, essentially. And, you know, our big goal is, is obviously to, to educate folks um, and to partner with people in their businesses and, and get tools in them in their businesses that are going to help them be more successful, save money you know, all that kind of good stuff. So by creating that focus and moving it out of distribution and more having that manufacturer distribution focus in the US, it's really, you know, launched the product in a different way. It's marketed differently. I mean, we really had to pivot pretty hard when we first started. And and we started two months after COVID um, hit. So, I mean, it was one of those really scary moments. And you know, it was, it was actually kind of a, a, there was a lot of silver lining there because it gave us the time that we really needed to focus on how do we want to market ourselves differently? You know, how does this product show up in the market? Up until then, you know, we had really kind of played a little bit more in a startup field. We were a really, you know, fun company, which we still are a really fun company, but, you know, really getting serious about the tool itself and saying, hey, you know, we think we've got the best tool out there how are we really showing people that that's the case? And, you know, we've been able to grow, I mean, 300% year over year and 300% year over year again. And, you know, you're starting to see a lot of green out there in the world. And so it's, it's been, it's been a fun ride. I mean, I got to tell you, building a business with that kind of hockey stick growth and, and being a part of other people's journeys and seeing them become successful. I mean, obviously, both of you were, were rock customers, right? And and Cole, you, you still are printing on rock. And so yeah. we've been able to be a part of, of your journey and be there as a partner. And, you know, it's 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 a cool experience to witness 
you know, one press to two to three to, you know, you know, obviously you've gotten into digital and other things, right? So just being a part of that conversation and being a part of your journey and everyone else out there that's got our presses has been really awesome. Yeah, I think we're, last time we checked, we were around four and a half million impressions on our autos combined. And I'm sure there's people who blow that out of the water compared to me but they are pretty great presses i i would love to hear your opinion on kind of the differentiators on the presses versus what must be your main competitor mnr and how you guys kind of tell that story to people who are looking to purchase besides just saying that there's different colors <laughs> hey that that color is important um, that's that color is important <laughs> it is a good color it's i love a, when pretty, every once in a while when your machine. clients when they paint their entire shop like They'll do like a glossy concrete and then they like take the exact same green and throw it on the walls and stuff. Yeah. That looks amazing when the entire shop matches the press. There's a few places I've seen do that and it looks beautiful. Yeah, they we've got some diehards out there. I've, I've got people with painted floors, painted walls. I yeah. mean, it, it really is incredible. You know, it's interesting, right? So from a technical aspect, which, you know, there's probably a lot of different technical aspects, but I think the biggest one is setup times. Right, our our presses are are level. They hold registration. There's no deflection. Our pre-registration systems are are dialed. Um, it, you know, especially for folks out there that have any sort of direct to screen or you mm-hmm. know laser to screen systems, it's a big time savings. And so I think that you know that's the number one you know just difference from a technical aspect. You know, f- for me though, it, it's beyond that. When we, I want to say rebranded, we rebranded with, with our heart in mind. And, and, and I, this may sound hokey to people listening, but the whole partner and print concept, you know, truly is real. Like we are constantly innovating. We're constantly growing off of feedback that we're getting from the people that are using these tools out there in the field. We're making changes based on what they need. We're flexible. We want to work with people. You know, I think we've got really good service and support. I think it's all of those other things that are really making the big difference. I mean, I have nothing negative to say about any of the other brands out there. At the end of the day, they all print shirts, right? They do it a little bit differently. Some say they do it faster than others. I mean, at the end of the day, you can only print as fast as your people can move. Um, So I never... Or want to move. So I buy into all that. You know, I think it's all about ease of use. And I think it really is, you know, do you have a relationship with the company that you're buying from? And, you know, at the end of the day, for most people out there buying a press or a digital machine or folding line, it's the biggest purchase they've made outside of buying a home. That's a big deal. And you want to feel good about that purchase and know that someone's got your back. And I think that, you know, what I'm instilling into our team and, and, and hopefully they're out there executing on is that we do have your back, that we are that company that's going to answer the phone. I mean, that's the goal, right? And mm-hmm. we want to partner. And so I think that that is the big difference. And that's really where we're trying to thrive. Um, we've got this year, actually, our, our entire business plan was built off the mantra of providing a green glove experience. And so our whole operations team, revenue team, you know, all of our goals this year really lend themselves to 
how are we providing that? How do we create better platforms? How do we make it easier for our partners to get in touch with us? How how do we make that process make sense, right? And so obviously there's always room to grow. We're not perfect, but it is our focus. And I think that that is a big difference is, you know, a lot of companies focus is revenue, 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 EBITDA, 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 you know, and while of course we have to make money, I mean, we have to pay people, our main focus is not that. I feel that those numbers yeah. will come on the back of treating people fairly, providing great service, you know, and doing the right thing. So, yeah, I actually, that's yeah. what I'd say is the difference. I hope that helped answer your question. It's a little bit more of a 30,000 foot view answer to no, it. I, th- but. I, I think, yeah, for me it does. And I actually would like to add this to it the whole thing about relationship and community. I think you guys in the industry, like created the the model for it right so for example if you take somebody like me that came into the industry i came into the industry when i first looked at the the industry it wasn't something i really wanted to get into because it felt like you know there was not a place for say somebody like me not it was like more old school but once i found started looking at say ryan moore on like you mentioned on social media it felt cool and it felt genuine, right? And once you get to know them and build relationship, the relationship stood this uh, test of time and building the community. And I think it is the best approach to building business is through just relationship. Like, because if you cool with that person, even if it's not on a personal level, like making that decision to do that transaction is so much easier, right? Because... It's not no longer a transaction with just somebody that you doesn't know because you know that person has a relationship with you. They likely going to try to take care of you if something does come up. So it's really a powerful thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, and most, I mean, we we haven't had people really transition from from rock out of rock. You know, um, there's been one that I can, two, actually there's been two, and one came back. So one left. <laughs> You know, went went mm-hmm. to another color of press and, and then, you know, came back around. The other one had a legitimate reason and I'm happy for them. And, you know, they've grown their business and they've done really well. And it was the way that they worked. And we didn't have we didn't have a solution to provide to them for the way that they wanted to work. And, you know, that's OK. That's, you know, you're not going to be the right fit for everyone. But what's neat about what we've built is, you know, since building rock we've been able to you know do quite a bit of philanthropic work we've launched a, a complete nonprofit unite together which has been going well we just got done donating an entire screen printing shop including computers blank t-shirts the whole nine to an underprivileged school in oregon we donated to another school out in texas an entire screen printing shop that the kids needed help and they were working on grants and stuff. So, you know, building that community, you know, it's it's bigger than that, right? It's like, how do you get people involved? How do you get them passionate about the industry? How do we give back to the industry that we've created and make sure that everyone feels like they have a place? You know, whether you're a, a manual printer that is intimidated by getting into this or you're, you know, a huge multi-auto mm-hmm. operation that wants to get into it or just someone that's passionate, right? Like how do we create a spot that people feel comfortable? And that's been been our goal. And I think we've done that in a lot of different ways. And it's been cool to be able to use the platform of Rock and, and our success in the industry to be able to create, you know, these other 
programs and other, you know, nonprofit kind of businesses out there that, that are able to help other folks as well. Speaking of building a community, you just recently had the Rockfest event at the at your relatively new facility. I know you've had it maybe a year or so. But, uh, <laughs> it's been like four years and we never It feels like it's opening. still new. You're like always yeah. moving in. So, uh, yeah, tell us about Rockfest, how it went, the maybe the future of Rockfest. It looked like a lot of fun and I wish I could have gone, but uh, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on it and what you might be doing with it in the future. Absolutely. I will start with it was hot and that okay. was massive oversight. <laughs> Our part, the time of year that we had it there in Florida, but um, it was a lot of fun. We had about 230 people registered to come. Um, there was a uh, hurricane oh, moving wow. in off the coast, I believe, of Cuba. And so we only ended up with a, about 90 people that showed up. I think that there was some intimidation there of that storm. And and probably the fact, too, that Houston yeah. School just let out. So summer had kind of started. But um, we had over 20 vendors show up. Uh, you know, my goal my goal of this was, was, I guess, threefold, right? It was to have an open house. We haven't done anything in our Florida location yet. It was also to kind of test, like, how how can we have a more intimate trade show without it being called a trade show, but have other vendors show up that can actually have conversations with mm-hmm. a smaller group of people that are all kind of there for one purpose. We had 20 vendors out. We had Bastex, Lawson, Lane 7, Sanmar, um, yeah, Aviant. Uh, I'm going to forget people, and I apologize. But, you know, 20 different vendors show up, and we basically created mm-hmm. an aisle way. And they all had 10 by 10 or 10 by 20 kind of spaces. And we created a passport card, kind of like uh, going to different breweries or wineries and you get your stamp. And then at the end, you turn it in and you get something for free. And so we were giving away 500 bucks um, in a raffle for everyone that turned in like a full passport card. And so it really influenced all the people that did show up to go to each vendor, have a conversation, which was actually you know, really well received. We had demos, we had some speaking, we had food, we had uh, live music. Uh, in rock fashion, of course, we had some drinks. I think at the end of the night, an ice bath was pulled out and uh, <laughs> a couple people jumped in there. Matt Marcotte included, so that was cool to see. And uh, Dave Eggers jumped in there too, so it's neat to see a few people uh, take their first ice baths. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was an all-day event. Our you know, our planned teacher for it, I'd like to have one in our Chicago location, um, as well as in uh, Made Lab, Texas, where we've got quite a, a bit of machinery. So I think next year we'll probably see three different rock fests, one in each um, of those locations. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to be a little bit more education forward, you know, moving yeah. into those locations, um, really teaching people things that they want to know, having other vendors show up, talk about, you know, different ways to print their inks or, you know, how, how their fabric mm-hmm. works with printing, how to, you know, cut down on operational costs, that kind of stuff. So I'm really wanting to get uh, business education focused with some of these. And this one, we had a big auction. That was also kind of a, a big deal. We auctioned off uh, about $2 million worth of refurbed equipment. Wow. Um, 
which it went well. We had some people fighting during the silent auction, so yeah. uh, it was fun. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Made Lab. What's kind of your vision and partnership there? I, I love that facility. And so how exactly are you guys using Made Lab and, and helping them grow? You know, really for us, we, we put equipment in into the Made Lab Texas facility, just like a lot of other you know vendors have. They're a testing facility. They're running testing for some of the blank manufacturers, some of the the ink folks, right, to on their new products. So I think that that's kind of the core of of their business. And you know, they approached us; they wanted to do education. We said, "Great, we'd love to have a platform for people to get educated." Um, and so we launched uh, a Made Lab Florida class, um, which I think is happening maybe once every three months. They've got a Made Lab Texas class, um, and it, it basically takes you through the entire process from an automated, you know, vantage point. So you're using, you know, laser to screen technology. They're making screens. You're going on automatic presses. You're using, you know, pre-reg boards, going through, you know, angles and and uh, pressure and you know different ink styles, special effects printing, that kind of stuff. Um, we've done one out in our Chicago location as well. So we're hoping that that, you know, kind of gets some traction. So really our partnership with them is in education. They do some private consultation, which is nice as well. Um, so, uh, Miguel, who's, who's doing a lot of their consulting work actually went through our tech training course and got, you know, trained uh, in school of rock, um, by our technicians for a couple weeks. So he really is familiar with our equipment when he goes out. So it's an opportunity for people to buy new equipment for, from us to utilize them, you know, post install and get some more advanced training on how to create their screens, how to set up jobs, you know, and, and move so, forward. Have you? Yeah. So oh, go ahead, Ross, it, it, to me, it looks like you've been able to use t-shirt, you've leveraged t-shirt to build your career, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your family. You had a shop. You run. You are the president of one of the most well-known company in the industry, right? So T-shirt has been good to you, right? What do you see right now? As because from what I see, the industry's changing. There's a lot of digital stuff coming into the industry. Like a new person that's like thinking about getting into this industry, even like consider this industry. What's the outlook of the industry? from a screen printer's point of view or a garment decorator's point of view? What's that look from, from, from what you see? So it's a loaded, it's kind of a loaded question. I'm going to start with this year. This year's been tough. You know, we all came out of, you know, hockey stick growth last year. Um, printers, you know, distributors, ink manufacturers, the whole nine, right? Everyone had a great year. Uh, last year. And I think we've seen, you know, massive settling in the market this year. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. However, this month we're seeing printers really pick up. I think, you know, the end of last year, Q1 of this year was a little, a little uncertain. I think people are, are, you know, just kind of getting used to the fact that there's going to be uncertainty, right? This looming recession, you know, we've got elections happening. I mean, there's a lot of different impacts here economically that are going on. So it's, it's an interesting time. I think lots of people are flat. Lots of people are down a little bit. Um, but we're, we're hoping by August things will really start to pick back up and be, you know, back to mm. somewhat normal. 
But I don't think that we're going to see the growth that we saw last year from anyone. I think, you know, people, you know, may get back to that normal 5, 10, maybe 20% growth in, in some cases. In terms of technology, it's interesting. I don't think, well, I don't even, it's not even, I, I know. Screen printing will never go away. You know, we've got DTF technology coming into the market, which is great, and it has a place. We have digital, obviously, coming in the market, and it's great, and it has a place. You know, if you go to these really, really large businesses that are decorating, you're going to see lots of screen printing, digital, and DTF all under one roof. And they're the ones that are doing it well. And they use all three of those technologies for different reasons based on what the client's needs are. And so, you know, you're never going to print 10,000 shirts on a DTF or a digital machine. You might do 10,000 on a hybrid, right, to eliminate screens. So you're still screen printing. You're just adding a little bit of technology in there to eliminate some screens mm-hmm. out of the picture. DTF is is great for the direct-to-consumer market. It's fantastic for those small-run orders. I think the technology has come a long way. I think they've still got a long ways to go on the inks and, and the hand and the feel of the way that stuff's printed. There are some people that have broken through that already and are getting more screen print you know, S hand feels on the shirt, but digital, digital is a direct to consumer play. I think it'll always be a direct to consumer play. I think that market again, skyrocketed during COVID because people weren't out, they weren't shopping. They wanted a t-shirt printed that showed up at their doorstep. And I think again, that's kind of leveled out and you've seen screen printing, you know, stay pretty consistent. If not, you know, in some cases, obviously grew last year. We'll see what happens towards the end of this year. But I don't think anyone should ever worry about getting into the apparel decoration industry. I think that you need to think about your business and what tools you need for the clients you're selling to, you know, and start with one, do it really well, and then add. You know, the, the, the biggest mistake I see a lot of printers out there make when they get in this industry is they're like, hey, I'm going to get into screen printing. They do that for six months and then they add vinyl and then they add DTF and then they add embroidery. And now they're trying to be everything to all people, but they're not really great at any one of those processes because they are processes. You have to learn them. You have to master them or you're always going to put up, you know, subpar mm-hmm. quality work. But I think that there's always a place for screen printing. I don't think it'll ever go away. I think it will continue to automate though. I think over time we'll see new inks developed. We'll see things added to our big round machines that make stuff easier, that make stuff more mm-hmm. automated, you know, ink delivery systems. I mean, things that will change kind of, you know, your 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 operations up a little mm-hmm. bit and will help save people money more, but I don't think it'll ever go away. We see some of these, this may be kind of like future <laughs> talk, but, uh, you know, we see some of these things where we're, we're seeing like Tesla show a robot that can carry around boxes. And we've seen that kind of stuff out of Boston Dynamics also. Um, oh, yeah. On a, obviously, we don't need humanoid-looking automation, but you guys have, like, the pack line where literally the only job someone has is to place the T-shirt, and it just comes out completely finished. Do you see that same sort of automation coming with the printing and drying process, where instead of a team of three loader, unloader, catcher, there might actually be some sort of inline solution to that with either feeder arms or however it might be done? But is that 100%. even that's on on the horizon? I think it's on the horizon. I think, you know, 
MNR has done a good job already working on it. I think that there's a lot that can be added to that technology. I've seen it work. It's it's impressive, right? You know, I think everyone in this digital world kind of pivoted. So when you're mm-hmm. talking about development, right, companies like us, companies like MNR, you know, Cornead, I mean, all these big players really had to pivot to this direct-to-consumer model, which I think took up the majority of everyone's engineering. You know, I mean, all of that got poured into digital. I think that, you know, digital's not 100% where it needs to be yet. I, I think there's still work to be done there. I think a lot of it's on the chemistry side and the ink side, and there's some hurdles to overcome with printing across all different types of fabrics and, you know, again, getting that hand perfect so it really feels mm-hmm. like a screen print, right? And those are things that, you know, we're still in development on. I know all of our, you know, quote, competitors, end quote, are, are in development on too, but I think that that's the next evolution. I think you will see auto unloading. Um, there's companies right now uh, creating automation at the end of dryers that will actually stack um, for you at the end so you can eliminate that person on the end of the dryer. It's newer technology. I don't think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think in five to 10 years from now, you're going to see a lot more robotic functionality both on press at the end of the dryer and then you know you'll be feeding things like our folding lines where you still need a human right but right it's automated for the most part you know out of the door there's a lot of companies too adding conveyor systems um, a lot of these larger businesses that we go into they're really thinking how are they getting product from a to b to to their dock Right. And so there's a lot more thoughtfulness going into to operations in an industry that, quite frankly, has been fairly artistic yeah. for, you know, I mean, centuries, however long it's been. I mean, you know, we haven't really done a lot. I think that you're going to see a lot there and you're going to see a lot in the software side. I think we're we're very much missing warehouse management software. No one's really we've got great products for the entry level business. You know, up to a few autos, call it the $10 million, you know, down. There's a a gap here. And everyone that's running, you know, 20,000 shirts a day and more, we don't have. Everyone's having to develop their own software. And they're kind of like, you know, just getting through it. Um, Whoever wins that race will have something really special out there. So if you're listening and you develop software... There's a huge opportunity in the screen printing industry. You I've know. seen some software that was proprietary where it's, you know, just their own facilities that just blows yes. it out of the water. Like what what we're doing with the stuff that you're paying $250 a month for and what they've developed, which sometimes has cost them well over a million dollars in development, is phenomenal stuff and it's it's just so much better than what's currently available publicly. And people, someone needs to box that up and, mm-hmm. and unhide their secrets. I mean, yeah. there's still some of those walls up in our industry, but, and, and I've seen some of that software that you're talking about. It is incredible. Whoever decides to package it and put a label on it and make it available to the masses, I think will A, be doing an incredible thing for our industry and helping a lot of people running their businesses better, but A, probably have a very lucrative business model overnight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Talking a little bit more about, you know, digital and screen printing and where they meet. We just spoke with Supercolor the other day and they uh, do screen printed transfers where they're doing a digital print and then they have some sort of automatic registration where the 
the white layer is actually screen printed water based layer and then it goes out. That reminded me a lot of kind of what the rock hybrid is supposed to be. How is the rock hybrid evolving and how are you seeing that kind of compete in the world of not quite DTF, but more direct to garment, but at least having to have that same level of output while also trying to retain the feel of screen printing? You know, we started development on that machine, gosh, probably five years ago. We showed it five years ago. It it was not where it needed to be. and, And we kind of stopped and behind the scenes spent, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of man hours, you know, in engineering, really working on the development of the system. And it's not until actually this year that we were really ready to start to market it, advertise it and get it out there. It's a complicated machine. Buying digital in this industry, especially at that level, it's like Mm -hmm. buying an airplane. You know, you've got to be ready for it. You've got to have, you know, maintenance people on staff. You've got to be ready to take care of the machine. We've now got it to a point, um, Eric at Night Owls, I think I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He just ran like 10,000 units on his. Really cool to hear. Wow. Um, it's performing. We've got, you know, the speed up there where they're running, I think, close to 300 an hour. You know, and it's eliminating screens for them. It's, it's allowing them to get photorealism. Feels like a screen print, you know. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of development in our inks. We've done a lot of development in our pre-treat. You know, we're continuing that development because it's not 100% there, right? Until someone's putting Plastisol through an ink, you know, through an inkjet printer head, you know, there's still development to be had. I see that machine is is really fitting to markets, right? It's people doing a lot of high color output that want to save, you know, the man hours on on screens. And I see it in in the high fashion place on 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 the opposite side of that, where we have like 12 ounce profit who's really trying to push the limits of high fashion printing. You know, they're selling their t-shirts are selling for $160 a, a shirt coming out of there and they're mixing digital with screen print with special effects and again eliminating screens but able to kind of push the boundaries of what printing really is and i think that that's you know really cool so again with hybrid printing i think that there's a place for it i don't know that everyone's gonna have one i think Mm -hmm. it's it's really business specific and it's for folks that you know, or either trying to do something different and push the limits of what apparel decoration is. And I think it's also for people that are doing a lot of high output, you know, high color work that don't want to have the setups and stuff, but it's expensive. You know, I mean, the ink's cheap, but the machine, you know, it's a big investment and you've got to have the investment in people. You've got to have, have a maintenance person around, you know, we train on that. We'll send people to Portugal to work with our engineering team I mean, we, we're here to take care of folks that want to get into it, um, and we'll spend the time, you know, necessary. We typically will even have a tech on site for about three months. So when someone gets one of these, we're leaving someone there, or we're switching people out to really ensure success on these yeah. machines. I, I remember yeah. uh, when you guys was developing that. Actually, that was pre-COVID when I took a trip with you guys to Portugal. I seen that thing, like probably like the first or second version of it. At that time, yeah. it looked really good. And the thought that was going in my mind at the time was like, wow, I could literally just run this business by myself if this thing really takes takes off because all you need is one screen or a couple. Like, Just put the base down and you're good to go. Uh, yep. So that was like, that would be super cool to see that one plays out where 
of course, get the price down where even if it's not the little guy, but the mid-level guy could get it. Once you start hitting a couple of million dollars in your business, you could start to get into that machine. That would be awesome. I think we're definitely there. I think, again, if people are doing that high color work and they're doing it a lot, it, the ROI is there. It's just, you know, working with us or working with our team to understand how we make you that money back quick. And if we can get there mathematically, then, hey, you know, it, it, it makes sense for folks for sure. One question I have real quick about the rock hybrid. Do you have issues with like 100% polyester and stuff because of the base you have to use? Yeah, there's still, I mean, there's, you, you can use blocker bases. 100% poly is still, still tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're getting there, man. I mean, it's, it's all just in that ink technology and testing and testing and testing and testing and testing until, you know, certain things will print fine. Other colors, you know, just like in screen printing or challenge. And so it's a constant development. On the other end of your customer spectrum, um, can you let us know a little bit about what's going on with the fit and what you're seeing with that, that initial transition where somebody goes manual to auto and then they're shocked that 200 shirts isn't a big deal. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, you know, I mean, you've seen that over and over and over and over again. How are you helping those people? And how do you think those people can successfully navigate that transition with you? So uh, the fit was our first answer, right? For a lot of folks that are in their garage still, um, they're wanting to, to get that higher output, take that next step. It's been a great product. You know, it's, it's, it's got limitations, right? You can't do more than four colors. It's a single operator machine, but it definitely, you know, fits a mold for people taking that first step without having to, you know, invest their, you know, entire life savings or take out a second mortgage on their home how, or, you how know, much whatever is it the roughly? case may be. I think 40, 40, 42. Um, oh, a week's week, pay. A, a week's pay. <laughs> so we are in development right now, though, and, and you'll see this come out in ISF, our impressions, Fort Worth. I always get confused. Sorry, impressions. I started to say ISS there. Everyone changes their name every three years, and uh, it, it's confusing. But um, we're releasing an all-electric press. So oh, it'll nice. be Rock, Rock E. Um, when I say it's all-electric, it means it just plugs in, right? You don't need a compressor. You don't need a chiller. It does have an onboard compressor built in. It's a silent micro-compressor that uh, is the same that runs in our folding lines. And what's nice about that is you continue to have all the air operation that you want for you know pressure and all the good stuff with your squeegees, so it's not running AC heads. Um, it's still adjustable, which is nice, but we're eliminating the need for a compressor and chiller. So that's going to kind of be our next nice. big um, play into that entry-level market. And that'll come as a, a 4.8, a 6.8, a 6.10, and an 8.10 um, to start with. So, you know, a decent fleet of those machines that are going to go out. So we're in develop. We have four product releases this year, actually, believe it or not. So it's just, or five. That's just one of them. We've got uh, a product release for the DTF. Uh, market, which is going to be an automatic uh, heat press machine oh, cool. um, that's built on the Rock platform um, for a is lot it, of those people. Is it an accessory that goes onto the Rock, or is it? No, it's a whole unit. 
It oh, is okay. a whole standalone unit, yeah. So cool. it doesn't have screen print arms on it. Instead, it's got rock presses on it. I, I, it'll do about the time study right now. I think our our bigger one does four to wow. five hundred an wow. hour transfers. Awesome. Yeah, so that's that'll be cool. Super colors involved in that one, so that's kind of a fun project so that we're that we're all excited about together. We've got another digital machine coming out, which will be a standalone digital. We've got automatic pretreat machine that's an offline. So folks out there that have you know twenty, thirty brothers, and they're still just using a, a single pretreat machine to run mm-hmm. all their shirts through, um, we'll have something that'll increase that capacity to a few hundred an hour. So you can just blast through pretreatment and be done with it. We also have a new folding line coming out, which is really exciting. It's uh, called the Rock Out. It's a mm-hmm. it's a very small version of our folding line that folds and packs all in one system. It will only do t-shirts. So is that going to be a lower price point? Is that what you're trying it is. to fit? Oh. It is. So it's to be a lower price point and a way smaller footprint. So our current machine, you know, is over 35 feet. If you're mm-hmm. getting, you know, fold and pack, this thing only takes up maybe 12 feet, 10, 12 feet. I mean, it's a, it's a much, much smaller footprint. Do you know um, what price point you're going to be trying to hit on that? It'll be sub 100, um, probably... If I'm just taking a stab in the dark, you know, somewhere around 75, 80, something like that. So it's, you know, and it'll do about 500 plus pieces an hour, completely bagged. And it uses bags, so it's a little different than our current machine. So it's it's an automated bagger, so you put all of your, your poly bags, you know, into the machine. And it folds, and then it shuttles in, and it actually inserts into the bag, peels off the the sticky Oh, wow. Doodad, right? Seals the bag and then comes out. And then you can add our label machine on the back of it. So if you're wanting to put a retail label or a shipping label, it's still modular. So you can add, you know, that functionality onto the back of it as well. Very cool. Yeah, doing it with a shipping label sounds amazing. You just throw all the mediums of a certain size on and ship it directly to clients. And what's neat about it is we haven't been able to figure out a way to do branded poly bags. This will be the first time that we're able to do that because we can take people's branded poly bags. And since it's actually going into a bag instead of on a roll of plastic, which is mm-hmm. how our current packing line works. People will be able to throw, you know, if you're printing for Redbubble or something like that, Redbubble has branded bags. You can put the branded bags in there and it'll function with that. So it's it's kind of, wow. and that's new. That's novel in the industry. We don't, everyone that's doing branded bags right now is having to hand you stuff. Better, you, um, so this, this will be a really cool solution yeah, for that. You better rush that yeah, to the market awesome. before somebody. That's right. also going to be at Impressions Fort Worth. So we'll have the electric press. We'll have the, the yeah. new folding uh, system out uh, at Fort Worth. So, you know, come see us there. Uh, we'll have a lot of, of new products showcasing. And then obviously all this stuff will be at Long Beach next year. So if people are missing it this year, um, Long Beach will be the place to see probably all five units on the floor at one time. Um, what that, what are you are calling the, the all electric? The Rock E. What do you think of that name, Cole? <laughs> I think we'll probably play some some. I think some you should call the dryer music. Adrian. <laughs> <Okay>. Adrian! 
I love it. Well, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting new products coming. Is Since we know we don't have you for much longer, is there any additional events or contact information you wanted to share with the audience if they're interested in looking at your products or getting started with expanding through automation? Definitely follow us on all the social platforms, um, rock.us, um, our website, rock.us. We've got an event page up there. It will show you all the things that we've got upcoming. We do have some sip and prints um, that are going to be wow. kind of a national event that we're rolling out here at multiple locations where we just set up people that want to get their hands on our equipment, print some t-shirts, you know, have, have a cocktail with us. So look out for those because those will be regional and tons of different places. Those are, those uh, are, those really are done at, sh- at shops, you um, said? Yeah, we'll have them at shops. We'll have them at some of mm-hmm. our um, showroom locations, so Chicago, Texas, Florida, and then we'll be setting some up at shops. So, Cole, if you guys want to host a, a I would do print, it. let me know. Yeah, yeah it'd be it fun. Easily. We're in Orange County, so we're like we're, we're in like the Mecca. 20, we're 30 minutes from L.A. now, and all of Orange County is right next to us, so we're easy. Nice. So I'll have our team reach out to you on that. But yeah, visit us at, at, at rock.us and uh, reach out to our team. We're, we're always traveling, wanting to get out, visit people, and show how our solution can, can help you grow your business and hopefully earn your business and become your partner and friend. I mean, that, that, yeah. that's Be- what we're before here Before you do. go, what's the latest awesome. book that you've read and that you want to recommend? The last book I literally finished reading two days ago was Dare to Lead by Brene Brown fantastic mm-hmm. book on leadership and having uh, crucial conversations with people in your in your business realizing that people are just people um, just phenomenal mm-hmm. author phenomenal speaker um, and I'm about to start a new one let me tell you what it is the new one is get a grip um, by Gina Wickman and this one is kind of about creating uh, more of attraction type culture in your business and really uh, getting an integrator into nice. place to, to help really drive drive your business. So yeah, always be learning, everyone listening. Read books, attend seminars, get outside of our industry when you do it. Go learn how to market from someone that's not in screen printing. Go learn how to sell from someone that's not in screen printing. I mean, the, these are, are the best, re- and there's just tons of resources out just, there. So just, that's a great question. Just Thanks got for it. Asking. Just bought yeah, it. That's one. <laughs> get a grip. That's going to be my next book. Thank you. There you go. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for all your time. And uh, if anyone's listening and needs to look at Rock, I've been with them since like 2014 for our shop. And the service is really fantastic. I know that there's times that they've lost money on me just because of their service. I guarantee you. Like there are moments where I'm like, there's no way this, this is adding up for them. Thanks again, Ross. And uh, to everyone listening, have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget so to like much. and subscribe. Bye. Bye.